All right. Turn over in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. As was mentioned, my name is Marcel Hall, and uh, you saw my uh, beautiful, lovely wife, Karina, up here earlier. And uh, we are the proud parents of three kids. We have a 10, 8, and 3-year-old, baby girl, baby doll, and baby boy. And uh, that is their official names, their nicknames, or other names. And so we are grateful to be here in Orange County and excited about uh, our Advent season. If you have not bought an Advent calendar and all that other good stuff, you can still go to Trader Joe's, right? I think they have it at Trader Joe's. Not a plug for Trader Joe's, but uh, I know that is a place you can go. We're excited. I know last year when we did it for the first time, uh, it really helped me connect spiritually with God in a profound way that I haven't in a very, very long time during the Christmas season. Because I know during the Christmas season, I can get caught up in a whole lot of other stuff except for the reason for the season. You guys get what I'm saying? And we all, all heard, put the Christ back in Christmas. And I believe as a church, as we embark on this age time uh, 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 practice and, and tradition here, that we can individually and collectively have a very spiritually profound Advent Christmas season. And so I encourage you again, if you haven't made preparations, you can still do that today. And so our title for our Advent season or our theme for the next several weeks is Making Room. And so we want to make room for Jesus this December. Amen. And not just this December, obviously, but moving forward in our lives. And so let's go ahead and let's go to God in prayer. God, thank you so much already for this opportunity to worship you, to think about the hope that you have given us in Christ, to be inspired by Joan and, and how she shared about how, how Christ has really given her hope and the confidence she has to face life because of Christ. Thank you so much for seeing a real-life, modern-day testimony of your promises being faithful through Eric's testimony. And God, how he was faithful enough to give to you, and you provided more and then some. And God, I'm so grateful for Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And I pray that right now we connect with you through Jesus, that your spirit moves to the side anything that can distract and allow us to worship through listening to your word and to receive your message this morning. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to acknowledge those worshiping online. Thank you so much for worshiping online with us. You know, Travis is our uh, 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 um, live stream uh, technician, right? Is that the title we're going to give you? He's our live stream technician director. We want to thank Travis. <laughs> Travis does this every Sunday. We actually need some help. Travis can't do this for the rest of his life or until Jesus' second advent. We don't want Travis to do that every week, okay? So we do need some help in that arena as well. And so... You guys are over in Luke chapter 2? Are you in Luke chapter 2? Okay, get on over to Luke chapter 2. Do want to thank Chris Galassi for preaching God's word last week. Chris was baptized as well as a young man at Cal State Fullerton. Were you a freshman as well? You are a freshman. Aiden, there you go. Come on, man. 
You will be like Chris Galassi when you grow up there. There you go. Which is, you know, that is a compliment. There you go. And so, uh, and so here we go. Luke chapter 2. We're going to get into the story here, a story many of us are very familiar with. And can I say this? I need your mercy here today. Can I get your mercy, Lauren Brewster? Can I get your mercy here today? Thank you. I don't need judgment and criticalness today. Because I woke up, it's been an odd morning for me. I woke up this morning, and you know, last week I was sick, and, and, and yes, I tested negative, okay? Some of you are like, Marcel, why are you up there speaking? Okay, all right. And so, I woke up this morning, and I was ready to get going, and I was like, oh, man, is my nose running? And I was like, no, that is not my nose running. So I ran over there, and I had a nosebleed. I haven't had a nosebleed since two presidents ago. You know what I'm saying? And so that just threw me off. And so here I am, and I'm in the bed here trying to get this nosebleed. So it just kind of threw off my rhythm, and I can feel it in my voice here. And so, Eric, I need your mercy here this morning. Amen. And so let's go ahead and let's read the Christmas story here in Luke chapter 2, verse 1. It says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Chiernus was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. We'll stop right there. You know, it's interesting. We all know this, and I'm sure maybe uh, this will be part of our kids' program, which is coming up in two weeks. We're excited about that. Um, but I, we're all familiar with the manger scene and this. You know, many visuals have been made, but it, it, it's really good to take a moment and to think and reflect and ponder upon this reality. That here Jesus was born in such humble beginnings. I mean, his first crib was the usual dining table for animals. Now, I know when we had all three of our kids, and we were thinking about, you know, how this was going to go and where we wanted to, to have the delivery, we would go in and visit the hospitals beforehand. Because we were trying to check out the place and make sure it was suitable for what we desired. Many parents can testify to this as well, can't you? And so we didn't want to just go ahead and have our child delivered in any old place and, and all these different things. We wanted it to, to be an environment that would provide peace, that would look good, that would smell good, that would provide some proper uh, privacy for us. And you contrast that between Jesus' birth. It's the complete opposite, isn't it? And that just hit me this morning. That, that really, this isn't, I'm just digressing here. But it hit me and it was like, wow, the humble beginnings of Jesus, the first Christmas day. And my own child, my own children and their births. But then also our current celebration of Christmas. 
You know, we have elaborate celebrations. Usually there's food, people dress up nice, or they throw on ugly sweaters, whatever the case may be. And we come in and we spend a lot of money to provide some encouragement and gifts to our loved ones. And we think about the actual Christmas day, and it was very humble. And you compare and contrast our current celebration of this momentous occasion and what took place. It's some good food for thought to ponder, reflect upon this week, isn't it? But we're going to go on with the sermon, amen? All right, so it says, because there was no guest room available for Jesus, so this is why they're outside and he's outside. And you go, well, why? Was there no room for Jesus? And so today we're going to have a lot of questions. And so if you don't know the person to your right or left, I'm going to give you a second right now to introduce yourself to the person to your right or left because you're going to have a lot of discussion right now, okay? And so I want you to ask, ask this question, answer this question right here. Why was there no room available for Jesus, Mary, and Joseph? Just go ahead quickly and answer that amongst yourselves there. And online, go ahead and type in the chat. Go ahead and put in there what you think. All right. It doesn't really require a long answer. It says there was no room, right? And so we can see here, we go, okay, obviously there was no room there. But really, if we think about it, the people weren't expecting the Messiah and the hope of the world to be born that day. This was just a regular day and night for them. There was no expectation. There was no, hey, the, the, the promised Messiah is going to arrive today. So, of course, we're not going to make room because we're not expecting anything great to happen. And what happened? We see there's no room because they were just busy with their daily lives. There's nothing special on the outside of what's going on here. And so we just move along and have a normal day. But here's the thing here. We too can have no room for Jesus. And so I want you to answer this question. How can we leave no room for Jesus in our daily lives? Go ahead and answer that amongst yourselves. And again, online, go ahead and chat, type that in the chat as well. All right. Let's have some people share. How can we leave no room for Jesus in our daily lives? Let's go ahead. Go ahead and raise your hand. Yes. Okay, so... If we're, if we're followers of Jesus, we have a thought of Jesus coming to our mind, but yet we might push it to the side to focus in on something else, maybe. Okay, cool, awesome. All right, so in our minds, in our thoughts, we can have no room for Jesus. Okay, great. Rusty. So he's not, there's no room for him in our schedules, right? We, we got to get our cup of coffee. We got to go to work. We got to go to school, whatever the case may be. So therefore, there's no room for him there. Awesome. All right, others. Go ahead, Mark. Say that again. I heard something about Amazon Prime. I choose to pacify my needs with Amazon Prime. Right? Okay. That sounds very personal right there. Okay? Awesome. I appreciate it. This is what we appreciate. We're a church that values honesty, right? Okay. So, no, I understand. I got Amazon Prime too. That, that, and the notifications pop up. I'm like, I don't need this, but let me look at it. All right. So, 
so again, so, so we can have no room maybe in our desires. And so here we are desiring other things, and so there's no room for Christ. Okay, I saw a couple of hands back there. Who, who is that there? Is that Nancy? Go ahead. We can lean on our own understanding. Instead of including Christ, we can lean on our own understanding there. And Okay, awesome. All right, I saw some other. Let's get, uh, who is that? Chris, yes. You can become complacent. I, I do certain religious things, whether I go to church or do certain things, therefore that's enough. But God isn't really inside of our souls there, right? There's really no room in our souls there. And so as we can see here, okay, we'll go one more. All right, go ahead. Uh, Mariella, yes. We have no room for doing his work, maybe, and going and sharing his goodness with others. You mentioned uh, 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 Jesus talks about visiting those who are in prison or things of that nature, those who are in need, right? And so we can see there's many ways in which in our daily lives we can have no room for Jesus there. And even if, especially if we think about this Christmas season, we can have a whole season in which we really actually exclude Jesus from the whole thing, Right? I mean, this month we can think about Amazon Prime and Black Friday deals or what is it, Cyber Monday that's coming up tomorrow. Some of you are already ready, right? You, you got notifications on when to buy certain things. And we can get consumed with the preparation of where to go or hosting. Man, we got to get all this together. We, we, we have to make sure this is set. We can think about gifts. Man, I, I, I got to be able to, I, I got to buy these gifts. I got to go here. And we can get consumed with these things. Even during this time as well, we can think about even the pain that maybe we, we suffered or went through during this season. I know even for myself, I, it hit me like, wow, that, that's real. I, I sometimes tend to forget that the closeness of it. But both of my grandmothers passed during the Christmas season. One about two weeks before, and then my other grandmother on my dad's side died on Christmas Day. I talked to her minutes before she passed. And so I understand this idea of, you know, when we're in this season, so many things can take our attention, can take our focus, can take our desires, can take our schedules. And therefore, we can have these daily lives in which there's no room for Jesus. There's no room in our hearts in our minds and in our souls and in our schedules because it's too cluttered or packed with stuff. And that's what we shared, right? Hey, well, we don't have any time for him. Well, we don't think about him. Well, we desire other things or well, we don't depend on him. And so again, there's no room in our heart, minds, souls, and even in our schedules, which is really interesting because if we remember what Jesus confirmed, that the number one thing that God wants is our heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's what he said in Matthew 22. These guys were trying to, trying to trick Jesus and they asked him this question. And they say, they had already asked them several questions, but they come to this one. They say, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? What's the number one thing that God commands? What's the number one thing that God wants from those who follow him? Jesus replied, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Isn't that interesting? And Jesus says, hey, look, what God wants isn't a bunch of religiosity. He doesn't want just traditions. What he wants is all of you. 
But yet, we can actually exclude him from all of us with all these different things that we're stuffing and packing inside of our lives. And so, we have to ask ourselves, okay, well, what happens when we don't have room for Jesus? We get some of the reasons why, but what are the results from not having room for Jesus? Go ahead and answer that question amongst yourselves. All right. Let's have some more people share. All right, let's go ahead. Uh, Mr. Barber, go ahead. Okay, we get a skewed view of ourselves, so our, our thinking and our views get thrown off there. Okay, all right, who's that, Danny? You start looking toward other... You start looking toward other things except for Jesus there, okay? So it produced us not only having a different view, but now we start desiring other things. We start drifting, okay? All right, yes, who is that right there? Start focusing in on yourself and having kind of this me attitude and approach, but then you miss opportunities to actually do or serve someone, right? I appreciate that because that's the thing that stood out to me is that what can happen is we can have a missed opportunity, what happens is there's all these missed opportunities, especially as we think about this season here in December. There's so many missed opportunities when we don't have any room in our heart, mind, schedules, and souls for Christ. And we can miss out truly on the opportunity to celebrate Jesus. You know, a lot of us talk about, hey, we got to put the Christ back at Christmas. But really, do we have a profound time during the Christmas season? I know for me, for many years, I, I, that, would, that would be like, it's included, but that's not really any main focus. And so the true celebration of Jesus is very quick in a quick morning devotion on Christmas Day and a prayer. And so we're not truly celebrating what Jesus has done and him coming into the world. And so why? Because I didn't have any room in my heart, mind, and schedule. And so therefore, I missed out on this opportunity to truly celebrate my Savior coming into the world. And then we can also miss out on the opportunities to connect and reflect. You know, we have an opportunity in which we could connect with God in a deep and profound and special way. That's what I love about celebrating Advent right now because it allows me to daily focus on what Jesus, his coming, but also his second coming. And I'm so grateful because then my mindset, you talked about the view and the selfishness, it starts to be different as I start to connect with God in a deeper way. And so when we don't have any room, we miss out on this opportunity to connect with God, but then it has some great reflection. Reflecting upon, wow. His humble beginnings, but yet my lavish Christmas. Not saying that we shouldn't have lavish Christmas, but, but to have these reflections and to think, huh, this is interesting. To be more in awe of God. To be more grateful for what God has given. To therefore attribute more to him and therefore worship him. And so we have this opportunity to reflect on the significance of the King of Kings coming and what that means in our lives, what that means for our friends and family, what that means for the church, what that means for the world. A reflection leading again to deeper appreciation, understanding, awe, and spiritual growth. We also miss out on the opportunity to enjoy relationships. And I'm not talking about, hey, just spending time because we have the, but to enjoy, to be present in the moment and to value what we have and what God has given us in these relationships. 
The relationships in the church, the relationships in which whoever you will be with when you celebrate. But to really have that, so when we have room for Jesus, like Anna said, we therefore don't think about ourselves, but we actually think about others. So now we're in the moment enjoying this rich fellowship. Now we're in the moment maybe sharing about God and his glory and what he's done in our lives because we're reflecting and connecting. This is incredible. And so we miss out on this opportunity when we don't have room for Jesus. And lastly, we miss out on this opportunity to live out and exemplify what Jesus was all about. We're celebrating him coming in. What was his life like? He helped those in need. He helped visit those who, and promoted and taught to help those who were hurting, to help those who were lonely, those who were in prison. And so when we don't have any room for Jesus, all that's out the window. Why? Because we have some stinking thinking. We're selfish. And therefore, we miss out on the opportunity to actually live out what our Savior taught and did. And therefore, to be an example of what it's like to have a life because of the coming of Christ. Church, are you with me here? And so as we see, and I know I'm convicted, I'm like, wow, my goodness. When I don't leave room for Jesus, it hurts me, it hurts others. There's really no good in this. I thought it was good to think about me and to think about all these other things that, yes, they're cool, but they're not priority. And I see all I did was miss opportunities. Do we want to have no room for Jesus this Christmas? Do you want to have no room for Jesus in the days, weeks, and years coming up? This is a real question. Do you want to have no room for Jesus? Of course, I know I'm talking to a crowd, at least I believe 98% of y'all. And I know I'm talking to a crowd, and so now we go, okay, we understand hey, this is what has happened, this is what could happen, or if I don't make some changes, this is what will happen. Now that we understand that, then the question is, okay, so what should I do now? Right, what should we do now? What's needed? Let me ask you this. This will help us out to to, to figure out what we can do. What is needed when you make room for someone to live with you or spend a night or come over? Like, what's needed? When you have somebody come on over to your house, maybe they're coming in to live, maybe you're having a child, uh, uh, whatever the case, go ahead and share. What are some things, what, what's needed when you have someone coming over to stay the night with you, to live with you, or, or maybe it's just even have dinner, okay? So go ahead and share. What are some of those things with each other right now? All right. Let's get a couple people to share here. All right, again, if you have not shared previously, what are some things here? What is needed when you make room for someone to live with you, spend a night, or come on over? All right, yes. You got to make some space for them, right? You have to read. Can we just go ahead and acknowledge? That's Kara in the house. Kara, can you stand on up? Kara's back in Orange County here with her, her, her cool boyfriend over here. There you go. I forgot his name, but, but boyfriend, Kara's boyfriend, that's all you're going to be known as over here. Unless you move to Orange County, you're just going to be Kara's boyfriend, so just accept it. All right, there you go. So we got to make sure we got some space, right? We have to probably reorganize things. Because before we didn't have that space available, so we need to reshuffle. We need to go ahead and reorganize. Sorry, Rusty, you already shared earlier. All right, here we go. Yes, Jasmine. Jasmine. 
She said, make sure her refrigerator is stocked with food for those, right? Now, we're all going to Jasmine's place tomorrow. Amen. So get ready. We're excited about that. So we might need to acquire some things. We need to get some food ready. Those who had kids, what did you need to acquire? A whole lot of stuff, didn't you? Bed, cribs, all kind of little diaper things and whatever they're called there, right? You had to acquire stuff. Why? Because you didn't have that before. You weren't expecting anybody, but you know, hey, we're going to have another life here. We need to have some new things here that will accommodate this soul being there. Okay, others, let's get one more here. Yes, Jessica. You need to clean up. I hope everybody heard that. When you have somebody coming over to your house, you better clean up. At least do a surface cleaning. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to get all into the weeds, but, but yes, we want to make sure we clean up, right? We got to go ahead, ooh, this is dirty. We need to go ahead and clean that up. Or, oh, we need to throw that away. A lot of times, especially if you have somebody living with you, you realize, wait, we have extra junk. And we need to get rid of this stuff. Because you're like, I, I can't store it anywhere else. And if you're wise, you're not going to buy just a storage area just to store some junk that you're never going to get to. You get what I'm saying? And so we see this thing here, right? We got to reorganize some things. We need to plan accordingly. We got to shift some stuff around. We need to clean up. We need to get rid of some stuff. And we need to acquire some things that are necessary for our guests coming or our guests or maybe those living with us. So then here's the thing. How do we make room for Jesus in our heart, minds, souls, and, ad and, and, and schedules this Advent season? Well, I believe it's the same thing. We need to go ahead and reorganize our life. We need to reorganize our life. We need to get our priorities in the correct order. I believe that all of us prioritize our relationship with God, but sometimes the priorities can get a little shifted around and therefore not be what we want them to be. I love this verse in Proverbs 24. It says, put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready. After that, build your house. You say, Marcel, that has nothing to do with our relationship with God. No, but there's a principle here. Hey, you need to prioritize some things and you need to have a plan. You need to go ahead and fix these things first, and then you get to that. When it comes to our relationship with God, if we're going to make room for Jesus, we need to make sure that we prioritize the right things. He needs to be a part of our schedule. He needs to be what we think about. He needs to be our desire. And so we need to go ahead and put some things in order. But that requires an honest examination of our current devotion to Christ. See, some of us might think, yeah, my priorities are in order. But then if we think about it, we go, really, there is very little room for Jesus. So we have to honestly examine where are we currently. And if we're not where we need to be, it doesn't mean, oh, I stink, I'm a failure, God, oh, you hate me. It's, okay, God, thank you for your mercy and grace for revealing this to me today. So now I can do what I need to do to be aligned back with you. And we move forward and make steps. So what does that practically mean? Placing him back on the throne of our lives where it means we had devotional time with God daily. It's a part of our schedule. It's our priority. It is my desire. Even when it's not my desire, I still get up and still spend some devotional time with God. Because after I do it, I realize how good it is. And therefore, there's a greater desire to do it again another day. We prioritize meeting with God's people. This is on my schedule. 
Hey, when is my small group getting together? I'll be there. When am I supposed to have some time where I strengthen one another? We call it discipleship time, discipleship groups, whatever you want to call it. Hey, that's in my schedule. I don't just blow that off because it's my priority. Hey, I'm going to be here. I'm going to give to others because I'm making room for Jesus and therefore Jesus will be exhibited in my life. Church, are you with me here? We're prioritizing. Husband and wives, we talked about this. We're prioritizing our marriages. Oh, I didn't get a lot of amens on that. Amen. We're making sure that, hey, we spend time together. Not just we live together, but we spend quality time together. And we talked about spending spiritual quality time together. This is on our schedule. It's not just something we hear in a class. It's something that we live out because we're making room for Jesus to be the throne and king, a king on our throne of our lives. Are you with me here? Also, parents, making sure we have quality time with our kids. We've heard this for years. Spend weekly time. The question isn't, hey, is that important? The question is, are we doing it? This is priority. This is Jesus ruling in my life because his priorities are those. And therefore, we will get to all the other things. We need to make sure that we go ahead and reorganize our life. And then we also, I would say, I, this is Mar Marcel jargon here, get rid of stuff. You call it cleaning. I say, yes, we got to clean, but we also need to get rid of some stuff here. Hebrews chapter 12. Church, are you still with me here? It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin. That's interesting. It says everything that hinders, so that's one topic, and then the sin. So not just only sin can stop our relationship or prevent us from growing our walk, but there's other things that might not be considered sin that we need to throw off. And the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance. Hey, two days in a row isn't perseverance. Perseverance is when I don't want to do it. The race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. This means we need to deal and repent with the sin in our lives right now. If we're going to go ahead and make room for Jesus, we can't have all this sin inside because it just crowds out Jesus. So we need to go ahead and take some inventory and then we need to get open. We need to confess, but confession doesn't lead to repentance unless there's a decision to do something different. Are you with me there? And so we need to throw out those unhealthy or unhelpful habits that are counter to spiritual growth or that prevent you from doing God's will or prevent you from serving and helping others. You know, I saw this really cool thing, this uh, St. Ignatius Loyola, I believe that's how you say his first name, he, he would teach his, his, his congregation there to answer these, these questions and he would call it the discernment of spirits. But anyhow, it was really good stuff and I want to share two questions that I want you to write down and answer sometime this week. And here it is, is there anything getting in the way of my relationship with God? Key, anything. Is there anything getting in the way of my relationship with God? Second question, are there any inordinate attachments, that means lavish or big, any inordinate attachments cluttering up my heart or soul that might impede my spiritual progress? It didn't say it would cut off your spiritual, that might impede these speed bumps, these spiritual bumps in the road that you need to remove 
Are there any attachments? And during this season, we can have some attachments that impede our spiritual growth, can't we? And so I want to encourage this. If we're going to get rid of stuff, we need to, again, have some honest evaluation and examination. And therefore, we need to go ahead and make some decisions to go ahead and get rid of things. And this probably will require the assistance of others in your life. Where you're sharing, hey, this is what I need to get rid of. Can you help me or hold me accountable? Or asking, you know what, I'm not sure if there's anything impeding my progress. Bro or sis, what do you think? And then they can share, hey, you know what, I see this in your life. And because I love you, uh, and you asked me, I'm sharing this, and hey, I'll be there to help you if and how necessary. Because then we can get rid of things, because then again, what? Jesus can have room in our heart minds, souls, and schedules. And then lastly, we need to go ahead and acquire necessary items. And maybe that's acquiring items that, uh, uh, again, these are items that are items in quotation marks to make room in our mind and schedules for Jesus. And so maybe we actually need to acquire some, some, something that, that's spiritually minded. Maybe we get an advent calendar. Maybe we get certain things. Maybe we get an app that gives us notifications to think and pray, whatever it may be. Or maybe it's we try new things. Maybe we try out new habits that will help us to focus on Jesus' coming through his birth and his second coming. You know, a time to focus on the momentous advent, the coming of our Savior, and what that means for the world and what it means for us. Maybe it means spending less time preparing and shopping and more time giving to others. I'm going to say that one again. Maybe it means spending less time preparing and shopping and more time to give to others. Engaging in conversations about what Jesus' birth has meant to you and what his second coming means to you. You know, what's really cool, so we're going to help you out on this as a church, okay? All right? We're going to help you out, Chad. I see you appreciate help. All right, so we're going to go ahead here, and we're going to send out an email, or, or maybe we'll do it through the church app here. Maybe we'll do it through both. But we're going to send out a, every week for the next four weeks, making room activities that you can do Monday through Saturday. So we're going to sit down and some are real simple, some might be challenging, some might be not be that hard, but it will allow all of us to have some extra help, maybe acquiring some new items to help us to make room for Jesus this December. I'm excited about the Advent season as a church and taking advantage of this season to grow deeper in my appreciation of Jesus' coming and looking forward to his second coming again. Let's make sure we don't have clutter and stuff leaving Jesus. No room in our heart, minds, souls, and, and schedules. Let's make room by reorganizing, getting rid of stuff, and inquiring the necessary items. Let's close out in Luke chapter 2 in verse 18. In verse 15, I believe it says. Yeah, verse 15. Sorry, that's a little off there. So, again, this is right after we had read there. And so, uh, these angels appear to these shepherds. And, and they come and they, they, they come to see the, the, the baby Jesus. And we take it up in verse 18. It says, when the angels had left them 
and gone into heaven. And the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see the things that has happened, the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen them, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. Let's make room for Jesus this season and beyond. Amen.